Well, you admire you admire the man, and he's willing to admit that. Hey, I don't know. However, we're going to find out. Here's what we know for sure. Yeah, he's very well spoken, and I mean, you could chalk it up to it's an ambulance. Okay. Uh, you could chalk it up to he's just a good speaker, but I, I mean, I feel like I have a decent bullshit radar. And I have a lot of friends who come at me because I'm very vocal about my support for Governor Cuomo. And they'll, um, they'll give me the criticisms, but I feel like I always have an answer. Like he will have said something in yesterday's briefing and someone will come at me with that. And I'll be like, oh, well, no, in t- today's briefing, he countered, he, he gave this information. Right. And then the number of nursing home deaths, I really need to like study this because I'm constantly, and there's people on his Twitter who are as dedicated, who are more dedicated to hating him and bringing him down yes. than I'm dedicating to being like, this guy's awesome, that are, are in his threads every single day. And they come at me too. And I'm just like, what is going on with you? Why are you dedicating your life to hating someone well, like Well, people, people look to be offended. It seems to be a pastime. And also, uh, I'd suggest you really don't need to defend your uh, decisions and confidence in Cuomo more than once or twice. I feel like I'm, I just, I'm, I have so much information though, that it's pretty simple. And I, I generally always have the numbers and the facts written down and I can come back with people. Like I actually have a clip of a uh, New York secretary to the governor, Melissa DeRosa responding to the nursing home thing. Because I, I see these really high numbers of nursing home deaths um, in New York, and I don't know where this number is coming from, but the number that's actually coming from New York State is much lower. So they're saying like, well, it's got to be like 10,000 deaths or something because we don't even have 100,000 deaths in New York State. We just went over 30,000 deaths in New York State recently as of June 8th. So um I think they're claiming that there's like 10,000 nursing home deaths, but that's not accurate according to the state, which grain of salt with them too. I'm, I'm not, you know, politicians. Okay. And legacy politicians. You're talking Cuomo is the son of Mario Cuomo, Mario Cuomo, who is governor of New York for, I think, three terms. You can be the governor of New York as long as you want, basically, yes. or as long as you're elected. It's like one of the only states that has no term limit. And a lot of people want Cuomo to run for president. And I say, no, he's ours. We are going to keep him. <laughs> I want him in New York forever. And I, I don't even know what I'm going to do when he stops doing briefings, honest to God, because I don't know if I've ever made an hour of my life of my own accord every single day to do a thing. And there's lots of things I should be doing for an hour or more every single day. But well, I make time for that fucking briefing. He's inspired every single you. Day. He's inspired you. He's inspired confidence in you. So there's others. There's many people out there, Liz, who do not let facts interfere with their opinion. And those are those are generally the people who want to attack people who are just telling uh, straightforward, straight talk. Their opinions are more valid than facts. Here's the thing about facts, though. I feel like you can find a study to prove whatever facts you want. 
you can, there's an old saying list that says uh, statistics don't lie, but you can lie with statistics. And most people have what's called a confirmation bias list. It's where you search out information to confirm your existing beliefs. Yes, yeah, that's very easy to do. Yes, it is. And we all have that. We're human beings. So I basically just don't believe anything. And uh, I give things the benefit of the doubt. The Dalai Lama says question everything. Exactly. So you landed in New York City. I'm glad you're enmeshed and really in tune with the vibe, the zeitgeist of the uh, era in which you're living there. Uh, so uh, tell us about the people that you encountered. You seem to have uh, integrated yourself with a group of like-minded people fairly quickly. Oh, yeah. So um, I'm recording right now in the Lit Room, which is a storefront slash venue slash recording studio in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, which is insane. Like I look around myself. I don't know if you can really see the background anymore because the sun's going down, but there's 2,200 square feet okay. <laughs> around me. This basically happened because there was a thrift store in here. And the original owner left because they had to close because of COVID-19. And um, the person with whom I have signed a sublease agreement, so basically the person who's managing everything, which is Love Lucy Hall, she's also a songwriter and a musician, among a bunch of other stuff. She's very talented. Um, she negotiated with the landlord for us to come down and, and take the space. So basically we've taken over an entire building, which based on the small amount of research I've done is a bit unique, at least a bit new, a bit unique because generally it's like, Oh, well you rent the storefront, but people are living upstairs to have, to have the whole building that's why we launched our campaign to buy the building because okay. we don't, we wouldn't need to evict anybody. Um, that includes like the commercial person or the human beings who are living in the residential spaces. We control the two residential spaces upstairs. It's three floors altogether. And then the bottom floor we also control. So if we were able to just purchase this building now, it needs a lot of work. It needs just straight gutted. Yes. Um, and if it's, it's uh, the building's from 1931. So I imagine, you know, it's got some good bones. I don't know. We need to talk to like a civil engineer. We've done a lot of research, a lot of work trying to figure out what exactly it is we can do. Um, but yeah, our plan right now is to try to buy this building. And if it's not this building, if maybe this building is too far gone, it might mm -hmm. be. Uh, we're, we're looking for another one because there is an exodus out in New York right now. People are shook. And, you know, I'd say they have a good reason to be shook, but those of us who are left behind aren't playing any games. <laughs> so generally what I suggest to people is, is when their heart, when their heart, their head and their gut align, then they'll know their path. So I don't know what your gut, your heart and your head tell you about this venture. However, uh, it's, it's, it's exciting. Of course, I followed you on Instagram. I've listened to some of the performances and, uh, tuned in on Twitch, which I think I told you that was, it was my first experience with it. Yay. So twitch.tv slash the lit room, the so, L I T room. <laughs> so tell us about how you encountered these folks. How did you, how did you get together? Oh. 
the internet. Okay. So um, there are there are housing groups on Facebook. And I've been a part of these housing groups for probably several years because I've been doing research on this move for so long. And really, I even just abandoned Craigslist after a while and just focused on the Facebook groups because someone posts and then you can go to their profile and learn about them. Yes. There was a person who posted very attractive young man. And then I went to his profile and I saw that he was one of the, uh, COVID-19 isn't real. Let's oh, hug it out. Okay. I'm like, no, no, no. We don't, we don't need to waste anyone's time with this. Uh-huh. So um, Lu- Lucy's so sweet. She was just like right away. She's like, you're, you're going to move in here. Like, I just know it. Like, you're perfect for, for this spot. And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> and then I ended up here. So she was, she was totally right. Uh, but yeah, the Facebook groups and everybody met up with each other. We kind of got a feel for one another and it's been really interesting interacting with other human beings who have similar philosophies about positive thinking and um, law of attraction. I don't like to use that phrase. I feel like it comes off really um, spacey. What felt right about those people, Liz? The things that we had in common, like what I was just saying, that we live similar philosophies, we're familiar with, I mean, even something as simple as positive thinking, that's really a big deal. I spent a lot of my life very depressed and miserable and hating everything. So to be around people who realize that, you know, using positive words can help a situation simply by using that language. Well, you and I have talked before in the past about the three things that it takes to make a plant bloom, the sun, water, and soil, and the water being taking care of your physical body, the sun being a spiritual connection with something, and the soil being the people, places, and things that you surround yourself with that, that, that enrich your life. We often suggest to people to plant flowers and pull weeds. So it sounds like you incorporated this holistic wellness type of, I know you've incorporated it in your life, but you've encountered some people who are beneficial and helpful in your life. Definitely. I feel like I don't pull many weeds though. Ah. I, not in a bad way though. Cause once I have entered somebody's life, I find that I'm very difficult to get rid of. <laughs> Maybe you're the weed. <laughs> Maybe I am. And I, I say that because I, I've managed to retain so many friendships over the years. And I'm not saying that I, ha- I haven't lost anyone, but I'm kind of amazed that I still have friends from high school, that I still maintain very, very close relationships with a lot of my ex-boyfriends that I've managed to, again, with that broadcast news, I've toured the country a few times playing music and doing shows and I've met people all over the country. And then a bunch of folks that are involved in that broadcast news are just my hometown, my birthplace diaspora. Like, so I have people in locations all over the world, sending me 
information about what they see on the ground because I don't trust CNN because I don't necessarily, because I don't trust the governors in general. I trust mine because mine's the best because <laughs> this is New York and we're the best in like every way. And I took to that like a duck to water. Oh, oh my God. Um, I've never felt more comfortable referring to a place as home. I, I didn't even like that word for a yeah. long time because I have been, to use, to use like a Cuomo-ism, stone to stone across the morass, like my whole life, like uh, get to, to the next place and in the, in, in yeah. the middle is just bad and don't fall in because you're going to die. Um, but so, now... So you've never felt connected. What feels, what feels right about this, Liz? I don't know if I have an answer for that. That's okay. It might just That's be fine. me. It might just be internally that... I am 100% willing and excited to be connected and to be dedicated and to be here now and to be a New Yorker. And this is what I always wanted to be. And this is what I always wanted to do. And there's just no hesitation. And Pittsburgh, I felt connected. And the reason why I keep saying birthplace is because Pittsburgh's like my second hometown and when I talk to my friends in New York, I have to differentiate between the two cities right. in Pennsylvania. So I've been differentiating in that way because I still have a lot of love for both of those places. And I think that too contributes to my ability to maintain these friendships just for eternity, forever. Because I don't cut those places out. And I'm like, I have friends sending me photos from the George Floyd protests in my birthplace. And I have people reporting on what's going on in Pittsburgh. And I have people from India telling me what's going on in their location in India. And it's amazing. And I don't know if I've ever loved anything more in my whole life than what I'm doing right now. And at the same time, I'm not sure if it's what I'm supposed to be doing because I need to keep a roof over my head and food in my mouth. Well, so. that's uh, that's the idea. We, uh, I did mention one of your posts, one of your uh, comments that you had on, I believe, Instagram. And I, one of my comments was that you were glowing. You're glowing. I haven't, I haven't seen you this uh, happy in quite a while. I had, no, I've never seen you this happy. I'll, I don't Amend think I've ever statement. been this happy. No. <laughs> it's okay. I'm glad you're bursting with joy. I am. It, it, it warms our hearts to see you happy. It, it certainly does. So true friends share in sorrow and also share in joyless. And that's, a, that's an excellent comment that you just made. I encourage people to keep their heads in the clouds. However, I also encourage them to keep their feet on the ground. Sometimes I'll ask people, I'll say, well, that's great. I'm, I love imaginative and creativity. I love pushing uh, the envelope. I love leaving the harbor. Uh, however, you still have to be able to put gasoline in your car. So tell us about that, Liz. Well, I'm, I'm good for the moment because uh, okay. I saved money for 10 years. <laughs> yes. Um, which isn't saying a lot because I live below the poverty line. So what, what I could save, it was just like, you know, save your pennies. So I did that for 10 years before I came out here. I made sure I was in a, in a spot where I felt like I could take care of myself for maybe six months. Okay. Uh, and in that time, because we've ac acquired the venue space, I haven't, 
I haven't really been focused on getting my resume out there, but I have been focused on doing my news show because I'm just so passionate about it. I just love it so much. It means so much to me. And every time I get a video from one of my correspondents, I'm nearly in tears because it's so amazing. Mm. So I, I have started looking around and, you know, Mickey Mouse is definitely hiring reporters right now. So, <laughs> you know, cause Disney owns everything now. You okay. Know? So I'm just not quite sure. I don't even know. I don't even know if they could handle me, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I have my correspondence and they curse and I don't know if I'm allowed to curse on this show, but I definitely already did once. I'm you're, sorry for that. Uh, you're, you're, you're perfectly, you're perfectly fine. Listen, we always look at intention. Okay. And I've often found that, uh, your use of profanity is, is melodic and it punctuates your, your statement, it's an ad, it adds context and flow to what you say. Other people's word, when those words come out of their mouth, it sounds ugly and dirty. With yours, it's kind of like a flow. It's a, kind of like poetry. Wow, I'm going to put that in a bio somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> your use of profanity is melodic. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. So, uh, let's along with this confluence of time and space, there seem to be two convergent type of events that probably, I don't know if they've occurred anywhere like this in history. And one of them is the COVID pandemic, the worldwide pandemic. And also, as you referred to the public, the public execution, which has entranced and given a voice to and traction to a long overdue situation. Could you say more about that? We've been talking about that a lot in our household. Uh, our household is remarkably diverse um, in, in a lot of different ways. So it's, it's not just ethnicity, but, you know, diversity of thought as well, if you will. That's, I feel like that's a conservative phrase, but it doesn't need to be. I shouldn't have gotten snarky about it. I apologize. Uh, yeah, so we talk about that a lot. And I have this theory that, okay, so this part isn't my theory. But when you have something like the straw that broke the camel's back, right? So we have this long history of oppression and protests that have been going on for blatant murder for, for quite some years now. And then on top of that, we have this powder keg of humans who have been um, laid off from their jobs, who live in constant fear of the specter of two-week death, and are being told to stay home and not go outside. So there's a lot of stressors. So again, this isn't my theory. It's just kind of a theory in general. Cuomo addressed it where you have this sort of confluence of frustration and then we see this public execution and everyone just kind of loses it. And it's global too, because there are solidarity protests all over the world Yes, and solidarity demonstrations, all kinds of things are happening all over the world in relation to George Floyd's murder. Important to say his name. Yes. So what I'm thinking perhaps because we're talking about how 
I, I'm going to use we kind of loosely, you know, we, the global, the global family, okay? And not everybody agrees on this. I'm making a generalization. But we are not going to go back to normal. We are approaching a new normal. And I really, I really like the, the phrasing that Cuomo uses or his administration, whoever came up with it, of building back better. And there's so much that we can do to build back better. And I think this is where my theory comes in. I think perhaps the black community is an excellent community to really lead the charge on this. Yes. I feel like they're uniquely situated to address the larger scope of the everything. Like, yes, their community, but also the global community. And I really, I also just like that idea. Well, I think that's knows, beautiful. Who knows their story better than them? Mm. Uh, all of their thoughts, all of these initiatives usually have been absorbed by others uh, who take then take the lead. And then generally that effort fades out over, unfortunately, a short period of time. So what, what makes you think? What makes you believe that this particular uh, cause, this particular effort, this particular point forward has the type of traction that it, it has and it's not going to be forgotten because people do have quick forgetters lists, uh, that this is not going to be forgotten and this is a watershed point and this is, defining, this is a defining moment in not only our nation's history but hopefully the world's. I hope... That's true. You can't say for sure that I know it. But I do know that we're not going back to the way things were. Because at the very least, at the very least, there are businesses that no longer exist. Things and human life have both gone out of existence as a result of both, both occurrences. Both George Floyd's murder, the resulting protests, I guess that's not both, these are three things, uh, and the global pandemic. Like, we've lost lives, multiples of lives in both of these instances, in all three of these instances. And I do hope that creates positive change into the future that we never forget because nothing like this has ever happened before. It's another ambulance. Our numbers are super low, by the way. Like, we're doing great. We're doing much better than the rest of the country now. <laughs> um, we're in the double digits. Hospitalizations are at a record low. Deaths are at a record low for New York State as of June 8th. I'm going to keep saying that because it changes every okay. day. So, Liz, how, does, how do people keep this to the forefront? How do people keep this traction going? The first things I think of are awareness, reflection, and meditation. I don't feel like meditation is necessarily, it, I mean, it is accessible to everyone because all you do is sit. That's all you have to do to meditate. 
but I feel like you need some kind of introduction to that before, you know, you just figure it out on your own. I mean, people certainly do for sure, but I would lean more toward awareness and that other thing I said, that other word, I can't remember. <laughs> well, in the, in the 12 step world, our philosophy is that our purpose is to fit ourselves to be of maximum service to the creator and to our fellows. Uh, the 12 step says, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to others and to practice these principles in all our affairs. So in a 12 step world, we consider it a discipline and a lifestyle. And I'm hoping that uh, others can incorporate this same type of doing the next right thing, which is a 12 step uh, philosophy, not only 12 step, but of many others into the corporation in their daily life. And as you know, uh, the 12 step world has incorporated and taken on uh, the serenity prayer as one of their roads. However, I sent you a, uh, a post today of this young lady that was protesting, and she had a different take on the serenity prayer where she had a sign that says, I am no longer accepting the things I cannot change. I am changing the things I cannot accept. Wow. That's beautiful. Yeah, I'll, I'll forward that to you. That's a, that's a play on that. And it's, I'll, read, I'll say that again. I am no longer accepting the things I cannot change. I am changing the things I cannot accept. That chokes me up a little bit, to be honest. It's really beautiful. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And the the marginalization of a whole race of people is absolutely unacceptable. Now, I'm not a Christian, although I can't find fault with anything that Jesus said or did. And he refers to, in the New Testament, 184 times he refers to the responsibility to help the poor, the marginalized, the oppressed, the sick, the falsely imprisoned. Uh, do you think he meant it? Jesus Christ? Yes. Do you think he well, meant yeah, that? Course. Yes, he did. So, in, in and again, in the 12-step book, Bill Wilson talks about, to Christ I concede the certainty of a great man, not too closely followed by those who claim him. Mm. So in the 12-step world, we always say stick with the winners. Look for the people who not only talk the talk, they also walk the walk. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. I feel like I'm feeling that out with, uh, with the governor as well as my new housemates and hopefully the people I meet because it's kind of hard to meet people right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, so what, and again, I'm a men mentee of uh, Safter Chaudhry and he always told people, and we dealt with a lot of people in addiction, we'd say, we will give you our trust until you prove otherwise. Yeah, I've heard that. I kind of do the opposite and mm -hmm. the, the, the spiritual leaders I follow encourage me to do the trusting thing and I just like can't do it. Okay. I have this. I have a spectrum of trust, okay? 
Nobody gets all of the trust. I don't get all of the trust. You know how many times I've fucked up? Like a bunch. <laughs> I don't fucking trust myself. I might have most of the trust for me, but like it does, I don't get 100%. Am I sure that I'm on a computer right now talking to Jim Ellermeyer and doing a podcast? I don't know, mostly. <laughs> what Is are you, it the Matrix? What I don't are you, know. What are you confident about, Liz? What do you know for sure? Nothing. You have to be <gasps> confident oh. about something. The protest is here. Okay. I will definitely share all of that. And I need to keep masks down here because this is where I tend to get caught. Um, but th- they seem to walk by our house at 8 o'clock uh, like every day. So that's really cool. Curfew's lifted. Curfew was lifted yesterday morning. Curfew was at 8 p.m., which is a sin right now because it's about 1 billion degrees every day. Yeah. And it doesn't cool off, obviously, until the sun goes down. So to keep people cooped up in their their homes. This is this made me so angry. So for all of my Governor Cuomo standing, you know, even though it's the mayor who does the curfew, in his briefing before they did, uh, the before they instituted the curfew, Cuomo said, I'm going to talk to Mayor de Blasio about curfew, so I kind of blame Cuomo too, even though it was de Blasio. De Blasio is awful. I do not like him at all. Instead of saying things like, Cuomo will say, please do the right thing, be strong, wear a mask. De Blasio will say, if you don't wear a mask, then the NYPD will. And I'm like, dude, why are you threatening me? Like, yeah. do you really think that's going to work? Do okay. So you're, could you, could you're you re- a New Yorker, right? Could you repeat those words of uh, Cuomo again? What you just said. Uh, be smart, do the right thing, wear a mask. Yeah, yeah, there we go. That's a, that's, it's the same, it's, it's gets across the same message in a, a totally different manner. Okay. So Liz, it sounds like uh, we have much more to discuss at a, at a future date. Uh, which we hope will be soon. Uh, there's much more of the evolving story of Miss Liz Victory, and we're hoping that you all come along with us, perhaps on a fishing expedition with Miss Liz, and we'll do it without bait. Uh, Liz, thank you for joining us tonight. And uh, if uh, we can get up there to New York City, uh, we'll certainly drop in to say hello, and uh, you can consider that a warning or however you choose to take <laughs> it. Uh, but it's always great to see you know that you know that you have a special place in our heart and always will, and uh, you're always welcome here. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Sorg. See you soon. So at the ever, end of every podcast, we have a free prescription. Fruits, nuts, and vegetables, unplug your television, and take up fishing. And for a truly mindful experience, we suggest that you fish without bait. Forgive yourself. Forgive another. Do a kindness for yourself. Do a kindness for another. Till all are free, none are free. Namaste. Please check out our website at fishingwithoutbait.com, where you can listen to the show comment on our discussions, and find out where you can subscribe to our podcast. If you're interested in flying the colors of Fishing Without Bait, click the shop icon on our website. We have clothing, mugs, cell phone cases, and so much more. Show the world that you fish without bait. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com. 
Dot com.